another episode of That's a Wrap. I'm Shannon, and today's episode we are going to go ahead and focus on the ninth season of American Horror Story 1984. And before I get into today's episode, I do just want to go ahead and say it has been a sad week for all movie lovers, especially those that were fans of Grease as Olivia Newton-John did pass away. So that is very sad and unfortunate. So let's go ahead and just jump right into American Horror Story. So I do want to go ahead and say that while covering American Horror Story, I am going to go in order from my favorite to my least favorite. So I'm not going to go in order for the series. It is going from my number one favorite to my least favorite. So obviously that means that 1984 is my favorite of the series. And the reason why it is my favorite is because it is based off of an influenced by classic horror films such as Friday the 13th and Halloween. And I am in love with the 70s and 80s horror films. I am a horror girl through and through. There is not a horror movie that I am most likely not going to watch I mean, I will watch everything once, Um, but the one thing I do thoroughly enjoy is the 70s and 80s horror films. I am a not a big fan of the remakes. I feel like things need to just be left alone, Um, but this is my favorite season, and The returning cast members that are featured in this season is Emma Roberts, Billy Lord, Leslie Grossman, Cody Fern, John Carroll Lynch, Leslie Jordan, Tanya Clark, Lily Rab, Rab, I think that's how you say her last name, Um, Dylan McDermott, which I was so excited for his return, and Finn Rittrock, which I am also extremely excited to see that he returned for this season as well there are new cast members matthew morrison who has found himself in a lot of scandals recently gus kenworthy angelica ross and zach villa and with that being said 1984 also marks the first season that does not feature Sarah Paulson or Evan Peters. Now, I am not a huge Sarah Paulson fan, so it didn't bother me any that she was not in the season. However, it did bother me that Evan Peters was not. And with that being said, this is also the one season that has the least amount of episodes. This is the only season that has less than 10 episodes. This only has 9 episodes, which I am extremely mad about. I feel like Ryan Murphy did do an awesome job at getting everything that he needed to in 9 episodes. But I personally feel like a 10th episode could have been used. And I will get into that at the end of this episode on what I think the 10th episode should have been. 
So with that being said, I also read somewhere that this is also the only season that is set in an alternate universe. I would have thought that every season was set in an alternate... No, I guess not. I guess thinking it's not set in... I mean, I don't know, because I would consider um, Apocalypse an alternate universe. I mean... I don't know, but apparently this is the only season that is set in an alternate universe, but I beg to differ. I strongly believe, like I said, that um, Apocalypse could easily be considered an alternate universe. Um, so anyways, with that being said, this is the shortest season of American Horror Story. So I'm just going to go ahead and get into the episodes, and I also do want to say... I am so excited that they incorporated the Night Stalker into the season as well. If you have never seen an episode of American Horror Story, highly recommend it. I did not get into American Horror Story until the season of Freak Show, and I do not regret a minute of it. Do not regret a minute of it. I am so glad that the first season I ever watched was Freak Show. That was my favorite season until 1984. So anyways, with that being said, we are going to go ahead and just jump into the episodes. So the first episode is basically, basically Friday the 13th. Um, there is this summer camp called Camp Redwood. This is taking place in the 70s and we see three counselors that are getting ready to have a threesome or something and they are eventually murdered and then the camera pans out and we see that there have been multiple murders, that there are a whole bunch of children that were murdered along with those three counselors. So we are fast forwarding now to 1984 and we are introduced to the lovely Emma Roberts. She is attacked by the Night Stalker and he sneaks into her apartment and, you know, does the Night Stalker thing minus killing her. And she ends up meeting this girl and her friends named Montana, Xavier, Chet, and Ray. She meets them at a workout class. You know, the 80s, the aerobic stuff. I'm sorry, I am so excited. I love the 80s and I mean, I am definitely not the type of girl that's going to go out and dress the 80s, all the bright colors and stuff. I'm not a bright person, but you know, the, the 80s grunge rocker type of thing, I am into that. That is me. Um, anyways, so she meets Montana and Montana and Xavier are talking about how they are going to be counselors at a camp that is reopening Montana convinces Brooke to join them um, on the way there they are in this hippie van literally hippie because they're smoking weed too and they end up hitting a random person in the road and we later find out that he was actually one of the counselors from the 70s that was murdered. We do eventually find that out. Um, but they hit him. 
and they take him to the infirmary at camp where we are then introduced to Rita who is the camp nurse and Margaret who is the owner of the camp and she interrupts a campfire story in which the counselors are learning the story of the massacre that occurred in the 70s that was committed by Mr. Jingles. Margaret crashes that and reveals that she was allegedly the sole survivor of the night and that Mr. Jingles liked to cut off the ears of the victims and she shows her missing ear. So, Margaret is a religious person and she strongly believes that the boys and girls should not be together. They have separate shower time. They are not allowed to coexist with each other. You know, yada, yada, yada. Um, at this point, the group ends up meeting Trevor, who I forget what he does. I think he's like the activities director or something. I'm not 100% positive. Um, but him and Montana show some sexual tension and they end up going skinny dipping in the lake. Montana sees car with headlights and starts getting freaked out, so they get out. Brooke then goes to check on the dude that they hit, the counselor from the 70s, and he is killed by Mr. Jingles again. And she is then chased through the camp, and then she can't find the body anymore. And Mr. Jingles is nowhere to be found. And then we are introduced to the Night Stalker once again arriving at the camp. Now, I am going to go ahead and say very quickly, this is kind of a spoiler alert, but I am going to go ahead and just say very briefly, if you die at the camp, you can't leave the campgrounds. So... That is what we are seeing with that hiker or that counselor. We are seeing that he is just, he, he's dead, but he's just stuck in purgatory on the camp grounds. So Margaret ends up learning that Mr. Jingles escaped. And despite protests that they should not open the camp and fear that he's going to return, especially after Brooke's little episode, um, she says, nope, we're still going to open the camp. She, well, not she, Brooke then mentions to Montana about how she was supposed to get married the previous year and her husband, her soon-to-be husband, so her, her fiancé, kind of went crazy and believed that Brooke, that Brooke was cheating on him with his best friend and ends up shooting his best friend in the head, shoots Brooke's dad, and then shoots himself. And that is what, what a great wedding. Um, Montana tries to make out with Brooke. However, Brooke is not having it. Um, Xavier is now looking on the campgrounds they've all separated they're trying to find people um and it is mentioned that after he is pulled into a car he 
is apparently acting in gay porn. Um, and he is like, I'm not gay. Which, you know, I got the gay vibe off of him, but, you know, he's not gay. And, you know, he doesn't feel comfortable doing the pornography anymore. Um, the dude that is in the car that forces Xavier to keep going with gay pornography ends up being killed by Mr. Jingles. Brooke is then being chased by the Night Stalker and starts freaking out again because the Night Stalker is here trying to kill her just like he said he was going to. And the Night Stalker then goes after that counselor but this, this poor counselor just keeps getting killed. I mean, he just keeps getting the, the crap beat out of him and just gutted consistently. I feel so bad. Um, the counselors, a couple of them, then find Blake's body, who is the guy that um, pursued and forced Xavier into the car for the gay porn. They find his body. He's missing an ear, so they assume that it's all Mr. Jingles. Margaret is then approached by the Night Stalker, who reveals that his name is the Richard Ramirez. And they start talking about his childhood trauma and everything and blah, 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 blah. And she pursues him and gets him to allegedly protect the camp from Mr. Jingles because he likes to kill. Um, at this point, the counselors are realizing that they are in danger, and they split up into two groups to try to re retrieve multiple keys to try to get out of the campus. However, never split up in a horror movie. We all know this. Um, Margaret then realizes that this hiker slash counselor is actually the counselor from when she went to camp in the 70s. And at this point, we are also seeing that both of the groups that were separated, so Trevor and Rita are in two separate groups, and they are each in two separate cabins, and both groups are being surrounded by banging on a door of somebody trying to get in. And this is realized one is Ramirez and one is Mr. Jingles. So Rita's group is the one that has Ramirez trying to go after them because Brooke is with them. And they decide to split up to increase the odds of their survival. However, never split up in a horror movie. So at this point, Ramirez is able to break into this cabin through like the windows and stuff, but they're blocking everything. So that's not really working. However, he does eventually actually get in and starts attacking a couple of people. Ray and Chet then as they're fleeing, fall into a trap that has wooden spikes, which results in Chet being essentially impaled like through the shoulder just just above and near the heart um at this point ray realizes that if he were to pull chet off of the spike 
he's going to end up bleeding out. Like that spike is the only thing preventing him from bleeding out. So he doesn't really know what to do. Chet's going in and out of consciousness. Ray ends up admitting that the reason why he came to the camp to begin with is because he ended up killing a fraternity pledge member. And that, and you know, the cops were getting close, so he had to leave. And then he ends up leaving Chet to die. So we then find out that Trevor's group that is being attacked is actually just a group of people impersonating Mr. Jingles. It's apparently a tradition that they have around the same time that Mr. Jingles allegedly killed everybody at the camp. Um, but what ends up happening is Mr. Jingles, the real Mr. Jingles, stands up and kills the pranksters. And Trevor Montana and Xavier all flee because, yeah, they're not staying the fuck around. Um, at this point, Rita ends up drugging Brooke because they are left alone together. And Brooke wants to alert the police to what is going on. And this is where we realize that Rita is not actually Rita and that her name is Donna, who is obsessed with um, serial killers and is actually a psychologist. And we also find out that she helped the escape of Mr. Jingles. So, at this point, Mr. Jingles ends up killing the real Rita. Um, we see the real Rita is locked in a cabin and tied up. And Montana, Xavier, and... What's his name? Trevor. All find her. They come across her. She starts freaking out despite the fact that they're like, shh, be quiet, he's out there. She doesn't listen. And ends up dead. Um, Trevor and Xavier end up coming across Chet and they finally get him out, although they realize that he is really bad off. And he ends up dying. He ends up dying from all the blood loss and Trevor is like, oh, let's go ahead and just shoot him with adrenaline right in his heart, in which he wakes up and blood comes burning out of his stab wound. Um, so... At this point, um, you know, Trevor ends up killing an innocent prankster, believing that he's Mr. Jingles, and he ends up pushing him into the same place that they just took Chet out, and that prankster ends up getting killed by those spikes. Um, Montana and Ray are approached by Ramirez. Ray abandons Montana takes Trevor's motorcycle, but as he is basically saying fuck you to everybody, he gets beheaded by Mr. Jingles. And then we see Montana and Ramirez kiss, and this sets up the whole plot story for um, why Ramirez is going after Brooke, and that Montana has some hatred towards Brooke. So it is found out that Montana and Ramirez end up dating after they meet at one of Montana's aerobic classes. Um, Ramirez actually brutally murders a man and hangs him from the ceiling with his guts hanging out because he insulted Montana's taste in music. At that point in time, Montana asks Ramirez if he would kill for her which he says he would, so she explains that 
her brother actually ended up being Brooke's fiance's best friend that was shot and killed at the wedding. And that is Montana's brother. And she strongly blames Brooke for his death. And as a result, that is why Richard Ramirez is going after Brooke. So Xavier tries to find Birdie, who's the camp cook, and Mr. Jingles finds them, locks Xavier in an oven, and turns it on. He then attacks the cook, who is severely hurt. Xavier is able to get out of the oven, not after getting severely burned, but he is able to get out of the oven with the help of the cook, um, despite the fact that she is severely wounded. And asks and begs Xavier to stab her and kill her, which he does against his will. So we're now going to fast forward and, you know, um, Ramirez and Mr. Jingles get into a fight. Brooke is hanging, dangling from a net from um, a tree in a trap. And she is able to go ahead and get out of there during the fight that Ramirez and Mr. Jingles are having. And Ramirez is allegedly killed. However, we find out that Ramirez was resurrected by Satan himself. We all know, I hope we all know by now, that Richard Ramirez is a follower of Satan. So it only makes sense. Um, we then find out that Margaret was actually the killer of the 70s campground massacre that occurred because she was getting bullied. And she blamed Richter, Rich, Richter, Richter, I can't say the last name, I'm just going to keep saying Mr. Dringles. Um, she blamed him for the killings and he was sentenced to an asylum where they were doing like the shock on the head and everything which convinced him that he was actually the killer and that ended up not being the case and what he turns out to be is because of those shock therapy treatments and margaret framing him um at this point Mr. Jingles has been stabbed multiple times by Ramirez and Margaret shoots him multiple times as well. Trevor arrives hearing the gunshots and Margaret apparently ends up killing Mr. Jingles. However, that is not the case as we will see very soon. And yeah. We are getting into some exciting stuff because then we see Richard Ramirez being resurrected by the devil himself. So we now fast forward, or I lied, we do not fast forward. We are going back in time to where we discover that Donna, aka Rita, discovers that her father is a serial killer, which is why she has an obsession with serial killers. So Ramirez and Donna start talking about how he was resurrected by Satan, and he knows everything about Donna. So at this point, Margaret ends up killing Chet after Chet agrees to go with her in a boat to try and get across the lake to where Montana saw that vehicle. However, it was just a way to get someone to take the bait so that she could kill, kill somebody. 
And Donna confirms that she did free Mr. Jingles to Xavier and Montana. And then they realize very quickly that Ramirez is actually, well, they already knew that Ramirez was present. And that kind of freaks Donna out even more. So we then have Brooke and Ray, who there was a lot of sexual tension between them. They end up having sex, which Brooke ends up losing her virginity. And then they find Ray's head in a freezer. And she starts freaking out because they just had sex, but yet his head is in the freezer. Ray gets freaked out and confused because Ray doesn't know what the fuck happened. He does not realize that he was beheaded and, and killed. And then he's seeing his head in and he freaks the fuck out. Um, Brooke ends up killing Montana after Montana attacks her and admits to trying to get Ramirez to go after her. And as and then the sun rises, we see a school bus full of kids, and the only thing we see is Brooke standing over Montana's body covered in blood, which ends up resulting in Brooke getting arrested and Margaret then framing Brooke for all of the murders that just occurred. And we then see that a lot of these counselors are resurrected from the dead and they kind of like, Ray is taken off in an ambulance and then disappears because he's on a lot out of the campsite. Montana shoots and kills a cop. Ramirez and Mr. Jingles steal a police car because they were both resurrected by the devil himself. So they, they steal a police car and run, run off. And so one year after the events that, that occur at the camp, um, Ramirez makes his presence known and ends up killing Mr. Jingles' wife and threatens his son, which um, then makes Mr. Jingles leave his son on the steps of his sister-in-law. And we then also find out that Ramirez is in jail as well. He, he does escape, but he is in jail. And that is why he is able to go after Mr. Jingles. So Brooke is en ends up being executed. However, we find out that Donna actually resurrects her. She just switched the drugs. I don't know. I don't know why she would, I don't know. Anyways, so Margaret is now planning on reopening the camp again. And don't worry, there's a band that shows up and they're dead. And I mean, everybody just ends up dropping dead again. I'm not really going to get into it. We're just going to go ahead and just say that everybody ends up dropping dead again. But this time it is actually at the hands of Richard Ramirez and everyone that has died on the campgrounds. So we also find out that Margaret and Trevor are married. However, Trevor blackmails her and she blackmails him. And you know, it's a happily ever after marriage. Um, with that being said, after Mr. Jingles leaves his son, on the steps of his sister-in-law's house, he goes back to Camp Redwood to hunt down Margaret. 
So we then see that we see the story that occurs with Mr. Jingles and how he blames himself for his younger brother's death um, because he wandered off to watch counselors have sex in the woods. This results in a forever hatred that his mother has for him as well. And his mother ends up killing a whole bunch of people as well. And Mr. Jingles ends up killing his mom as well in self-defense because we are now going back to like the 40s when this happened. And I mean, it just shows that this, this camp is haunted. We had a murder in the 40s, a murder in the 70s, and now the 80s. Um, and essentially, I mean, even for the longest time in the afterlife, like when Mr. Jingles comes back into Camp Redwood, we even see the hatred that his mother has for the fact that he was the reason why his younger brother died. So we are then introduced to this guy named Bruce, who is Dylan McDermott. And they agree, to, they agree to give him a ride. However, they end up abandoning him on the highway. He ends up killing a police officer as well after he is able to force his way into hitchhiking with them. At this point in time, Ramirez kills the group that is planning on working or performing at the Camp Redwood reunion, reopening type of thing. So we also see that Mr. Jingles ends up killing himself in order to return as a ghost so that he is able to kill Ramirez. However, once, we, once they get into their confrontation, Ramirez points out that he is stupid as they come because now he cannot leave the property, which will allow Ramirez to go back to Alaska and kill Mr. Jingles' son. So Ramirez and Bruce team up. Bruce at this point we find out is a serial killer as well. Not as serious as not as serious as Ramirez is, but he is a serial killer wanting to get his numbers up. So him and Ramirez team up because they want to go ahead and kill Mr. Jingles. However, they do realize that he is in fact a ghost. So Donna and Brooke are approached by a writer who writes for tabloids. She knows what their true identities are. And in order to prevent the truth from getting out, they agree to tell her a story. The true story of Camp Redwood. And she does end up being attempted. So Brooke ends up attempting to kill this writer. And unfortunately, as... Donna comes to her rescue to prevent Brooke from killing this writer. She tells the writer to run, who then crosses paths with Ramirez, Bruce, and even Margaret, and ends up dead. Trevor reunites with Montana, and they declare their love for each other, and that he plans on killing himself so that he is able to stay with her forever. However, Montana pushes him away. At this point, all of the counselors then want their turn to kill Mr. Jingles. However, Mr. Jingles 
is able to convince them to let him go because he has to save Ramirez. And Montana is like, you know, Ramirez doesn't kill kids. And Mr. Jingles is like, that's not who he is anymore. He is a very dangerous person who kills old people who will kill kids. He he doesn't he doesn't discriminate. And Montana was kind of just that that flame that started the whole thing that we know Richard Ramirez as. So after he is let go, we see Mr. Jingles' younger brother pull him into the lake. And the only person that sees it is Montana, and Mr. Jingles is never seen again. Um, He does wake up next to his mom and his younger brother. They convince him to stay with them, and that is why none of the counselors see him ever again. They are on their own little island in their own little world. So the last episode brings Mr. Jingles' son who is now probably in his 30s or something. His his name is Bobby, named after Mr. Jingle's younger brother. And he returns to Camp Redwood because he's looking for answers. He has apparently been receiving checks throughout the years from an unknown person. And the first people that he meets is Montana and Trevor. They explain that Mr. Jingles disappeared after being dragged into the lake and never returned. They reveal what happened in the 80s. To prevent further deaths, Trevor blocks traffic. How Trevor blocked traffic to prevent people from getting into Camp Redwood. And this is how he ends up dying because Margaret shoots him off of camp property. And Brooke appears and helps him get to the Camp Redwood line so that when he does die, he is able to stay with Montana for eternity. Um, So at this point, they... You know, they, they kind of fuck with Bobby and show him that they are dead because he realizes that they are dead. Um, they also tell Bobby that Ramirez is out to kill him. And the only way to stop Ramirez is to kill him over and over and over again, which they have done consistently since, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. And unfortunately, there's a fuck up and Ramirez wakes up and he manages to escape and attacks Bobby. However, Montana is able to convince Bobby to get off the grounds, go to the asylum where he meets Donna. Him and Donna team up to see why he is getting these checks, who is giving him these checks, and we find out that it is actually the still-alive Brooke who was presumed dead after she was shot by Margaret in a fight, And the only reason why she survived was because Ray did help her. Um, At this point, Bobby returns to Camp Redwood where Margaret's ghost body reappears. Nobody knew. Everybody thought that she was dead and that she had died over over the camp lines. However, that was not the case. And she just keeps trying to kill him. Um, However, Bobby is saved by his dad, his uncle, essentially, and his grandmother, essentially, and all of the counselors. And if you watch this last episode and you don't cry, something is wrong to you with you because, I mean, I bawl my eyes out every time I watch it. Um, 
you know, one of my favorite sayings, and I think Billy Lore did amazing with it, was she tells Bobby, you know, share our ghost stories to your grandkids. You know, the 80s will never die. And to keep them alive in these ghost stories. And as he's running, he gets to the Camp Redwood line. And we see his dad, his grandmother, and his uncle standing there waving. And it is the saddest thing ever. And you never get a happy ending in American Horror Story. And we finally got that happy ending. I mean, that was just sad. I mean, I can't. I'm going to start crying. And I knew this was going to be a long episode, so I do apologize. But this is my favorite season of American Horror Story. And with that being said, we have now recapped the whole season. And I'm going to go ahead and say why I believe that they should have had a 10th episode. So with that 10th episode, I feel like they could have done a lot, especially with the B and Ryan Murphy. I feel like he could have done a lot. I feel like it would have been interesting to see, you know, go forward another 20, 30 years in the future and have him tell his kids that, you know, the story of Camp Redwood and everybody that he met, you know, or have him go back, have him go back to Camp Redwood and just relive it, you know, keep keep the stories alive like Montana asked, you know. Do something with Ramirez. I mean, you you brought the Night Stalker into the series, into into the season. Do something with Ramirez. You know, have him constantly be shown that he's still dying. Here we are 20 years after the first time. So here we are going, moving forward 50 years later. And that's still the case because he is able, because of the devil, he is able to get off a property even though he's dead. I mean, I think, I just think there's so much that they could have explored in the 10th episode. I think they did amazing with nine episodes. I am not going to sit here and say that they need 10 episodes. They don't need the 10 episodes. I feel like that this is the best season and they were able to get it down to nine episodes and still cover everything. However, I personally would have just loved for them to have a 10th episode and, you know, just explore some things. You know, why was Bobby so into seeing what happened with his dad? I mean, we obviously know why. We, When your father goes missing and nobody sees him again, but yet you're getting all these checks and stuff, nobody has answers, it's perfectly understandable. But, like, show him, you know, researching. Try and find information about his dad. Or... Like I said, have him come back 20 years later and see everybody again. You know, have him show up with his kids so that his family that has been stuck in this life, show them what he's accomplished. Like, I think that they could have just, if you want to end this on a happy note, you could have ended it happier. And I think it would have been awesome for them to just completely end the season by moving forward showing leading up to him going to Camp Redwood and then having him come back and have him be with his kids he doesn't have to cross the line into Camp Redwood it could have you know he could have you know shown up and his family could have been there right where they left him 
Um, with that being said, um, this this season, in my opinion, is is my favorite. Um, obviously, there were a, a lot of criticism with this season because of the fact that they included Richard Ramirez in this, and a lot of families of his victims did accuse the show of glamorizing him. I personally, I, I wish that they brought, like, if you were going to bring Richard Ramirez into this somehow, I wish they would have touched more on him himself. Like, you know, Mr. Jingles is sitting there telling Montana that he's not who you last saw him as. You know, that he is this evil person. And, you know, should have gone into it a little bit more. Should have been like, you know, this is what he did. And, you know, he was murdering all of these people. I mean, there's just, there was just so much that they could have done if you were going to bring a very well-known serial killer into the mix. And I'm kind of sad that they didn't. So I can see where the victim's families believe that they were glamorizing him because they don't really touch base on the actual murders themselves. They basically touch base on the before, before the murders, which everything obviously in this season is made up. So I feel like if you were going to bring Richard Ramirez into this, they should have touched base on it a little bit more and included a little bit more information with him, um, which that would have been nice for a 10th episode as well. I mean, you know, I, you're touching base on the fact that he wants to kill the son because Mr. Jingles didn't obey Satan. I mean, it would it just would have been nice to get more information if you were going to include Ramirez in the in the storyline. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, and I do strongly believe, like I said, that they could have ended it on a lot more happier note. I would have loved to have seen Bobby show back up in 20 years with his kids. Um, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot that they could have done with 10 episodes. I think they did amazing with 9 episodes, and this is still the, the only season that has less than 10 episodes. Um, but I think, you know, and I do think that they did awesome. I mean, this is my favorite season to date, and I think it is going to take a lot to knock this off my number one spot. And it is mostly just because my love for the classic horror films. All right, but... With that being said, I am going to go ahead and end this episode of the podcast. This podcast was focused on and is starting the American Horror Story franchise. So definitely stay tuned. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, I am going in order from my favorite to my least favorite. So my least favorite, it is going to be a struggle because they're actually seasons that I can't watch because I just don't like them. However, we're going to do it. It is August. It is almost Halloween and spooky season. I am here for it. We are going to go ahead and watch all 10 seasons. And I will be essentially ranking them, like I said, from my most favorite to my least favorite. So 
I will go ahead and talk to you guys in the next episode. I hope you have a good rest of your day, night, weekend, whenever you are listening to this episode. And I will catch you on the next episode of That's a Wrap.